0: Good afternoon folks, we're wrapping up another week here and uh, this time it's the turn of the U.S. of A. to have a three-day weekend coming up uh, like our friends to the north in Canada did last week. I'm Chris Temple back with you and of course also back with us as always is the mercenary geologist Mickey Fulp. Uh, Mickey, a lot of fireworks away from the metals this week that we'll get to shortly but we'll start with the metals where at least gold and silver eked out small gains to add to last week's. And there's one sole reason for that. The dollar was weaker. Yep.
1: Gold was up eight bucks to eighteen fifty-three. Silver gained twenty-six cents to close at twenty-two oh eight. Its price remains severely depressed with respect to gold. Platinum actually lost a couple of bucks, closed at nine fifty-one. Palladium did well this week. It closed at twenty fourteen up 6.1 percent it just is uh, volatile week after week after week you never know what's going to happen with that metal Uh, one thing I would like to mention I alluded to it uh, in the beginning is the gold silver ratio we've now been in the mid 80s for five weeks in a row and the last time we saw that was back in January so silver is definitely lagging gold
0: Close that ratio about 84 this week wow and of course that's historically much up toward the high end of that so it is yeah. certainly the 20 percent uh, percentile more or less right uh moving on to copper it seemed to get a little bit firmer footing maybe with some help from the dollar also
1: yeah, I did. Uh it had three days down in a row, had nice rebound today, closed at four thirty one. Certainly US dollar being weaker contributed to that. But also uh hope amongst speculators for Chinese stimulus and economic recovery. So uh, you know, this is a speculative market, forward looking, uh and you if you look at the futures market it is in backwardation, so this could be a temporary
0: banana. Interesting, well it will be interesting to see how that works out over the coming weeks. Moving on to uh, energy, it was another good week for crude oil. Well
1: it certainly was and it's really driven because supply is less than demand worldwide and we've been in this paradigm, really you can argue since we came out of the lockdowns somewhere around six to nine months ago, depending on what country you were in. Um, Get this, the G7 wants more OPEC oil. (laughs) (laughs) Figure that out. Especially I would think those G7 members who occupy the continent of Europa Um, I'm going to make a very bold prediction right now I expect to see record high oil prices this summer and I think the record high is somewhere close uh, 135 we sit at 115.12 right now uh, up over 2% on the week and if you go back uh, back to well you know we're not talking more than two months ago, oil was at ninety two bucks a barrel. So I don't think this is over. and this is the main in, uh, cost inflation driver because energy is the main input to any industrial process and right oil. Oil runs the world. Will continue. Well, uh, let's go through the numbers. Rigs plus fourteen. That's a big jump. Yet yeah, production U.S. remains flat at eleven point nine million barrels a day. Imports still remain high, but flat more or less six point five million barrels a day. Inventories were down a million barrels, but still historically low. Refineries added one hundred and fifty k barrels per day this, this week. Uh, there is a great consensus amongst some of the Keynesian economists that is inflation is slowing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call foul right there and say that's six fouls and you're out of the game. Uh, we have Memorial Day coming up, summer driving season kicking in in the United States. And gasoline is up ten cents this week, week over week, to once again an all-time high of four fifty-nine per gallon.
0: Well, and I and I'll second your notion that we probably will tag or exceed that old high from just before the two thousand eight crash when oil was up in the hundred and thirty some dollar range. It's remarkable. Yes, yeah, we we've we've not seen, and this is important for people to remember, there's still enough liquidity out there, Mickey, that we have not seen demand for oil and gasoline and diesel get hit yet. This is all about those short supplies you were talking about, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So, one more thing in the uranium space before we get into the dollar, which is an important subject again this week. Uranium gave up a little bit again.
1: It was down 45 cents on the week, about a percent, Close at 46.25. That's a three-month low. Uh, one of the main spokesmen industry wide who you and I know well Amir Adani mm-hmm. CEO of Uranium Energy Corp says that $75 per pound of uranium is what is required we will not see new mine production until we hit that price we're basically $30 off that price and uh, one thing that's certainly affected uranium spot price over the last i would argue last month is the sprout your physical uranium trust has not bought any uranium in the month of may why not i have no idea i think i ought to call them up because i know <laughs> these guys and ask them what the hell is going on how how come you're not buying any uranium when the price is low uh or relatively low uh but one thing I came across today, and am not sure you're aware of this, but I became aware of it. The Sprott Physical Uranium Trust is now trading below its net asset value. Yep. <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: well, you know, there was that stretch a couple of weeks ago where it dropped at 1.14% below its net asset value when that whole sector really got hammered with a big correction. It made it up quickly, and I believe it'll make it up again. I, In, in my view, for whatever it's worth, folks, there's not a single commodity out there with a better supply and demand set up long term than Uranium, and it's even more so at $46 and change a pound, and with a lot of the stocks a third or 40% off their highs than it was before.
1: Well, I'll second that notion.
0: Yeah. Moving on, uh, I think that what helped the US markets especially, which we'll get to in a second, was the dollar for the second week in a row. Uh, came off the boil that I think was courtesy also of some Fed chatter. You know, the federal funds futures market, Mickey, a year from today are predicting a new decline in interest rates from wherever they end up going. That may or may not end up being the case, but we may have seen the peak now for the dollar, at least for a while, just like we may have seen the peak for interest rates. Yeah,
1: well, Fed speak, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But that said, the dollar was down another 1.3% this week to 101 And really that has everything to do with commodity prices being up as they're pricing U.S. dollar. As you alluded to, down two weeks in a row after eight-week uptick. And the 10-year Treasury will cover it right now uh, dropped another five basis points that is often a leading economic indicator of a recession as people go into bonds so after a pretty big run up to 312 uh, three weeks ago we've had three weeks now coming off that and we're now doing the math 38 basis points below that all-time high. So, uh, euro gained 1.7 percent, closed at 107.3. Looney gained another eight tenths percent to close at
0: 78.61. Well, and now moving on to stocks, you know, we talked last week about the longest losing streak for the Dow in darn near a hundred years, and in one yep. fell swoop this week, uh, all of the losses and a bit more for the Dow at least for the whole month of May have been regained.
1: This is true we have had now five or six weeks up on the Dow Uh, probably the same on S&P 500 I think NASDAQ up for five days Uh, these markets were quite oversold and so this is buying people picking bargains as you uh, talked about earlier picking things that are down Um, the VIX was down closed at 25.8 fear index S&P 500 futures index let's go through the numbers Dow closed at 33.213 for over a 6% gain S&P 500 did that a bit better 4158 6.6% gain NASDAQ even better, twelve thousand one thirty-one for a six point eight percent gain. This is despite uh, some basically lukewarm economic number numbers. Housing pending sales were down as mortgage rates jump. Uh, consumer spending was up, but we now have eleven point five million open jobs in the US CPI number 8.3 percent year-over-year. The unemployment claims number which is absolutely the most useless metric of everything <laughs> that the government published uh, uh, was down a bit so um, mixed data but oversold markets lead to what I think is dead cat bounce.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, the, the, the cat's not some little tiny fluffy tabby. It's more a lion this week, but we'll see how long the lion keeps that strength. You know, there's two ways people are going to look at this. One is, as uh, we alluded to a minute ago, the markets are sniffing this weakness leading to the Fed maybe as early as late August. It's uh, summer-ending picnic out in Wyoming, saying that after two more 50 basis point hikes, they're going to sit and watch things for a while. The markets Mm -hmm. love to see the Fed chicken out, uh, so I think that's (laughs) part of it. But (laughs) but again, you know, the the economy is is going to bog down here inevitably even more. So we'll we'll see just how much uh, the, the. Market bulls like it if earnings deteriorate even further, and uh, I don't think that'll justify this continued rally. But uh, like you said, we were oversold; it had to happen inevitably. We also got a rally this last week in the Venture Exchange in Toronto, but there's really a deeper story which you've been harping on for a while underneath it. That uh, a lot of these junior stocks have just become a wasteland with nobody home. Yeah, no bids. You know, I'm gonna point of phrase here and <laughs>
1: it's a little different than what you you commonly hear the result of low volumes is low prices so uh, we always talk about the cure for low prices, and low prices this is low volumes beget low prices uh, I, you know we've got this huge database I went back and cranked out the numbers we this week We are at the lowest average daily volume on the Toronto Venture Exchange in 19 years. We're trading something on the order of 20 million shares a day. Compare that to the peak in February of last year, 2021. We were trading 11 to 12 times that volume per day. There is no interest uh that it was a short week but we've got another short week this coming up and uh we might even go below 10 million shares traded because uh, u.s markets toronto venture exchange when u.s markets are open uh that'll contribute about 10 percent to a, to toronto venture exchange
0: volumes that's people like speculators like you and me trading on that market right Well, Mickey, in a week ahead, we're going to have four trading days here in the U.S., five, of course, in Canada. The big thing next week is going to be the uh, employment numbers uh, in the U.S. We'll see if they give us any signals about what the Fed may or may not do.
1: Yeah, and so my usual source for next next week metrics, specifically in the United States, uh, has not been posted uh, this week, but... Rest assured, the volumes will be light next week. We have a four-day week with Memorial Day after Canadians had Victoria Day last week. Uh, I think what I'm going to be watching is the trend of the U.S. dollar, and that's going to tell us a lot
0: which way gold's going to go next week. Absolutely. Uh, Then before we end, what's our uh, parting snark slash poll for the week, for weekend? (laughs) The long weekend, yeah. So we'll keep this one up till uh, uh,
1: late in the day on Memorial Day. The US of A, our US of A, has had a surge of big city crime and violence since the summer of 2020. What is your solution? And your choices are defund the police stay inside your dwelling, move to the rural heartland, or buy more guns and ammo.
0: (laughs) Boy, we're going to all end up on the the, the Homeland Security's hip parade on this one. You know what, of all of the different choices, I I have to say that I would pick personally number three, move to rural area, because there, Mickey traditional values have not deteriorated as badly. I was just telling somebody this last week, I remember in an average-sized city in upstate New York in high school during hunting season, pickup trucks with guns in them out in the parking lot of juniors and seniors who drove to school and were going to go out in the woods for the last couple hours at daylight after school was over. Kids everywhere in rural communities when, when you and I were growing up had guns in their trucks, didn't shoot anybody
1: well this is true back then we all drove pickup trucks and we all had a gun rack on the back uh no one's gonna do that now cause your truck would be uh be truck jacked or uh broken into and uh yeah the world has changed yep and as listeners know I live in rural the rural heartland so uh uh, one thing I am doing is starting to reduce my exposure to big metropolitan areas.
0: Okay. All right. Well, folks, thanks for joining us again this week. And uh, for our friends here in the U.S., of course, have a great long weekend. And we'll be back with you again next Friday. Thank you, Mickey.
1: right Chris. Have a good long weekend.
0: Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at mercenarygeologist.com and on Twitter under at mercenarygeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at nationalinvestor.com and on Twitter it's at natinvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.